This is Here in Alabama. I'm Beth McGinnis. If you listened to season one, you may have recognized the clip you just heard. That was Miss Gloria Stewart English on the night I first heard the Crossroads group in Marion, Alabama. After the group performed two sets of African diasporic music and poetry, they asked for responses from the community who had come to hear them. Crossroads performed throughout Alabama's Black Belt, but the community response that first night in Marion was so generous and beautiful, the Crossroads group came back to Marion at the end of the tour. You can hear more about Crossroads in the first two episodes of Season 1 of Here in Alabama. After that Crossroads performance, the Marian community's spirituals and gospel songs stuck with me just as much as the music of the Crossroads group. I especially wanted to hear more from Miss Gloria English. Turns out, she's the sister of Ms. Yana Brown, who hosted the Crossroads group at the photo gallery on Washington Street. Ms. Brown helped me get in touch with Ms. English and with her pastor, Rev. Dr. Matthew Wilson. The next time I had a free Sunday, in August of 2021, I visited Providence Baptist Church on Highway 14 and spoke with Ms. English and Pastor Wilson after the service. The church's young people led most of the worship music that day. Patricia's granddaughter, um, her, no, her niece, uh, I, oh, shucks, I call them sweetie pie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I didn't know that was Patricia's niece. I that's her great niece. I, oh, I thought it was a granddaughter. It might be. I don't know. Um, I rather, that's what I thought. She saying, come on, everybody, let's have let's church. Let's have church. Yeah. Yes. The youth who were leading in worship wore lime green t-shirts that read PBC Rock. Adult leaders supported the youth with similar colors. Two women ushers wore light or medium green dresses. Pastor Wilson wore a green tie for the service. If you see his photo on my website, you'll notice he had changed ties for a funeral by the time I took his picture that day. This church is a split Pastor Wilson and Ms. English told me a little bit about the history of Providence Baptist Church. From Berean Missionary Baptist Church. Oh. This church, in December 4th, this church will be 91 years old. This church was pastored by the great Reverend Dr. F.D. Craig for over 50 years. Mm. 52. 52. <laughs> 52 years. <laughs> so, 52 years. So, which means that he had the, he has mm. the longest track record. This church was always called Holy Ghost Headquarters. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, the choir and the preaching. Uh, this church was considered one of the best churches in, in Marion at that time. And I believe that this church is one of the best churches now. 
it's evident that one of the keys to that success is how Providence Baptist Church raises its young people. On the Sunday I visited, Pastor Wilson's sermon title was Bend the Sap While It's Still Young. He preached from Ephesians 6 and Exodus 20. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Ready? Let's read it together. Children, obey your parents Children, in the Lord, for this is right. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your Honor father, and mother. father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Amen, somebody. Ms. English is one of the mothers of the church. At the end of the service, Mother English spoke. She reinforced the sermon by challenging the youth to listen to Pastor Wilson and follow his instruction. I'm 76. I have never talked to my mother. And I believe the Lord will let me live a while longer. If you obey your parents, if you love on your parents, the best thing you can do is love your mother. Love your mother. And whatever she said, do, do that. Because where you are trying to go, she's already been there. The young people of Providence don't have to do this alone, though. They have the support of the whole church, a close community where everyone is connected to everyone else. And we've tried our best to stay connected with our young people because of the fact that we we understand that they are the future of our church. They are the future of Providence. Mm -hmm. And teaching them how to have a personal relationship with the Lord Mm -hmm. and teaching them how important it is and that they are representatives. They are ambassadors of Christ Mm -hmm. and of their homes and their parents from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And our structure here at Providence Missionary Baptist Church is that we're part of the mission. All young people are part of the Missionary Society. and We're part of the Alabama Missionary Baptist State Convention. Mm. And Mother English so happens to be one of our uh, presidents of our mission, seasoned saints. What we do is we have what's called Red Circle Sunbeams and Crusaders, Mm -hmm. and they all have their own individual meetings, and then they collaborate as one unit together, Mm -hmm. eventually taking a trip, learning things, doing community service, passing out things for community service. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of worship and that's the type of evangelism that we exude It occurred to me that Mother English embodies the interconnected, intergenerational nature of this spirit-led community. And Mother English has been here a long time. A long time. How long, Mother English? Well, uh, I don't know exactly how long, but I was in this church when I was small. When I was 13 years old, I, uh, even though I, you know, I was a member of the church and I worked in the church, you know, I ushered and I did, you know, whatever. When I was small, you know, we they had what. The red circle, no, the sunbeam. That's sun what I'm bee. trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that time on up, I used to sing in the choir and I used to worship. So I've been in church a long time. So I was in this church. And then when I was 13, I joined the Baptist Church. My mother let me join there. 
But when I got married, then I came back to Providence. So I've actually been in this church somewhere around 60 years. And so that's what, you know, I have uh, gained, you know, whatever, you know, I, that I know or uh, can do or can sing or whatever, I got it through the church. Mm-hmm. The church raised and taught Mother English, and now she helps raise and teach the younger generations. Even I have several connections to Mother English. As I mentioned already, her sister is Yana Brown, who owns Yana's Flowers and Gifts on Washington Street in Marion. Yana hosted the Crossroads Group the first time I heard them at the photo gallery next door to Yana's Flower Shop. I also know Mother English's granddaughter, LaShonda, and LaShonda's children from previous visits to Marion. Pastor Wilson did not grow up at Providence Baptist Church, but he was still part of a community that invested in its young people. My earliest musical foundation started in the kindergarten uh, with Mrs. Zelpha Wells, if you've heard of her from Tuscaloosa. Ms. Zephyr Wells uh, was a, an accomplished pianist, and she was giving out music lessons to children at Oakdale Elementary. Well, my principal at the time, Ms. Joanne Bassett, saw that I had a musical talent and that she wanted to kind of help develop that. And so I ended up taking piano lessons from Ms. Zephyr Wells for about, mm, let's say about a month and a half. Did one recital. Learned the scales, you know, middle C, but I had a deep trench for music. And my brother went to the military and he brought back me a keyboard. And from then, by six or seven, I started hearing sounds and transferring what I heard to piano. And so I did that. I, I joined the band in the sixth grade and stayed in the band up until the 12th grade, but then the 11th and the 12th grade year, I played in the jazz band. I played piano under Mr. Oscar Watts, who was a great band director. You may have known of him. Mr. Watts had me playing songs like Mobile Blues, uh, Them Basses, The Eight Train, uh, September on the piano, making sure that I learned the scales. That was one of my enormous musical opportunities. Pastor Wilson's musical training informs his ministry today. That started early. And then at my first assignment as a pastor, Salem Baptist Church in Greensboro, I had a lady by the name of Miss Isella McCaskill, who was a teacher, former uh, instructor at Concordia College in Salem, Alabama. Mm-hmm. She helped me to define my love for hymns, and she played only by notes. And so where I came from, it was a very high praise church, but where I was as a 19-year-old pastor was a place where they only did hymns and they only sang them by the book. And Ms. Isaiah McCaskill fostered the collaboration between the hymns, the gospels, and the spirituals and allowed me to utilize my gifts to help forward the service. It's a pastoral ministry 
through the music and the preaching. Almost definitely. Yeah. Because well, one thing that you have to understand, I believe that the worship service is, is similar to a production and that everything has to be planned. Everything is spirit-led, but the spirit is intelligent. God is intelligent. Our hope is to connect the heart, the hand with, with ministry. And we utilize the, the, the ministry of music to soothe the soul, to stir up emotions that you would not normally exude after a long week. You want to be able to release that feel that you are under and in the presence of God. If you listened to season one of Here in Alabama, you know all about the call and response style of singing that's at the heart of a lot of black church music. In the African-American tradition of the church, it, it stemmed from our poor parents that when they were uh, would go to the brush harbors to have worship service, that call and response would, would be number one to hide from the slave master who did not understand what they were saying. Number two, it ushered in a spirit and an emotion of oneness and togetherness Mm -hmm. with the people. When Pastor Wilson talked about call and response singing, there was some traffic noise outside. I think you can still get the gist of our conversation. My, My mother used to sing those hymns. And when I would hear the deacons praying, you would hear somebody throw out that song like... Remember Pilar Murphy at Provewell talked about throwing out a song. When somebody throws out a song, somebody else has to catch it. That same thing happens at Providence. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. And then the, the, the whole... Oh, the end of the- <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and then it would it would keep going, and then somebody else would catch on to it. Yeah. You know, because of the fact that what they wanted to do was to show that they show the the power and the presence of the Lord in what was actually taking place. Yeah. And so that's that 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 has been used for some time. 
When I visited Providence, the style of worship and music was diverse. This is an intentional choice for Pastor Wilson, and it's a part of his ministry. Yeah, so you're interweaving that tradition, the old spirituals and those old those old songs, you're interweaving those with some more modern hymns. Mm-hmm. But the uh, even the more recent hymns, you've um, you've got very much your own spin or a spirit-led kind of spin mm-hmm. on those. And, and the reason that that is is because I recognize that Providence is a very diverse church. Hmm. We have all age groups within our church. I feel you know prayerfully led that we have to have something for every group, every age in the church Mm -hmm. that they can connect and identify with. Mm -hmm. And uh, the history of this church, you, you, you 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 have a range of persons who worship here from from the person that works on the garbage truck to the person that teaches in the school. This is Viola Daniels who her husband used to be made here. She said to me yesterday when she called she said Pastor I'm coming back to Providence. She said this is my home. So so you you can you can see that Providence has a very myriad uh, from nurses here, uh, teachers here, to the people that work in the cafeteria, people that work on a garbage truck. Pastor Wilson came up with a monthly rotation of worship styles to engage everyone in his diverse congregation. Back in the day, this church had different choirs. Under the previous leadership, it went to one choir. Under my leadership, we saw that COVID was taking place and I and the Lord, I asked him to lead me on how to connect and to keep people engaged. So what I did was on the first Sundays are normally our season sites. They they're going to sing some hymns and some spirituals. Second Sunday is that our young adults, and they generally sing gospels and contemporary. On the third Sunday, that's everybody. Bring everybody together, and they usually sing the plethora of assorted music, different genres. Uh, the fifth Sunday, hopefully, we're going to have our men to sing, and uh, you know, we might sing some quartet. We might sing some some hymns, something that. Um, our uh, men can do and 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 this and the ladies love to see the men sing. Mother English seemed to agree that the ladies loved to see and hear the men sing. 
This reminded me of the seating arrangement I noticed when I came in. Looking at the pulpit from the back of the church, the deacons sit at the front right facing the center and pulpit. The mothers of the church sit at the front left facing center. The youth came to the middle section of pews after they sang. Youth boys sat on the right like the deacons. The restrooms in the foyer were arranged in the same way, women on the left and men on the right. It seemed everyone had a proper place and an important role. I wondered how these roles function at Providence. Motherboard, is that a term that you use? I, I, when I came here, I began to, 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 to use that term, and, and they have allowed me to to use it. And to, and I think, and when I call the motherboard, the motherboard is is those mothers, those aged women who I believe have wisdom and knowledge. They normally sit to one side of the church, and they um they generally you know have the the wisdom and the knowledge and impart that. Uh, sometimes within the services. And you did that today, yes. Mother English. Yes. Um, thank you for that. If you want to live, Amen. if you want God to bless you, just love your mom. Love your dad. Take care of what mom and dad you. Dad can't give you anything. It's okay. You got a whole lot of people still love you. And the deacons sit to the other side. Yes. Yes. Now, that stems from a tradition older than I've ever been, uh, before I was born. So, you know, I've been in a tradition where even in my former church, they sat. The deacons on one side, the motherboard mission, here, lady sat on the other side, everybody else sat in the congregation. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is attributed to, I don't necessarily say the hierarchy of the church, but I will say the culture mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. church. Normally, and, and as you see, the three seats are the two, the central seat is the pastor's chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had a, a senior pastor even say to me one time uh, that came to preach for me, he wouldn't sit in that seat. He said, that's your seat. That's the pastor's chair. And regardless of who comes preach, he said, that's the pastor's chair. And nobody has to sit there unless you allow them to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was at Providence, it struck me how clearly the church defines its various roles. The mothers of the church impart wisdom. The deacons lead and serve. The youth learn from and respect their elders so they can carry on the culture. They'll be the ones to lead and care for the community when they are older. Everyone has an essential role. Everyone has a place, even literally a place to sit. The role of the pastor is special. The love between church and pastor is deep and mutual. I had seen this kind of love before at Proofwell. 
I, I will tell you a story about a trip I made to Provewell Baptist Church in Sprott. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, I was visiting with them and I was thinking about their music. And that was sort of my starting point. And I neglected to record the whole sermon. And it actually, it happened to be a, actually Pastor Kirk's um, 10th anniversary when I was there. And so somebody else was preaching anyway. But when then I played back the recordings to them, my friends in the church said, oh, we haven't heard enough of the pastor. And I realized my mistake then that I had not, (laughs) I had not included the, the preaching to the extent that was really important to the congregation. So I will let you know, I did record the whole thing today. (laughs) My starting point is music. And I find so much music in your preaching as well, especially towards the end. It was really interesting towards the end when you get to that, that closing cadence and you're using your breath so much and you're using hums to punctuate and it's very musical and you were quoting a hymn I think at the very end there I'm trying to remember which one yeah love lifted me love lifted me yeah it was maybe even more music than speaking at that point. Tell me a little bit about that. So in in the African American tradition of preaching. Yeah you will find that most preachers have a cadence that's normally called the hoop of the sermon. How do you spell that? The hoop. Oh, the hoop. The hooping. W-H-O-O-P-I-N-G. The hooping. Hooping. Okay. That's, That's what it's called. It is the cadence tradition where the, where there is a connection from the paper to what the African-American tradition speaks of the whirlwind of the spirit. Oh, yeah. And, and and that that comes from that singing. Some cadences are slow, and yet you can still attract cadence. Like, for instance, if I, well, I got on my phone, I have what is called a hoop trigger. Huh. And there's, a, there's an app, you know, normally you see pastors have hear music behind their sermons. But if you notice, I don't have music behind my sermon. Right. And part of that is because of the fact that an old pastor told me, he said, man, you 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 don't you don't need all that. You just preach and let the spirit of God have his way. Hmm. And so that's what I that's what I do. I think I'm normally in B flat. Or, or around A natural. Uh-huh. And if you hear me today, yeah, yeah. You, you hear the, you hear yeah. the music. Yeah. Now, now, there are some people that use the cadence and, and the music interludes the cadence, uh-huh. which exudes an energy right. within the congregation. Uh-huh. So while the preacher is preaching, you know, and, and you hear him say something, then they go to do this. 
and, and, and you know, the, the stronger the music is, you know, the more the people begin to get into it. And so it is a part of our tradition mm-hmm. that, that the hoop is. Now, if you notice, I did two genres of preaching today. Mm-hmm. The, the, before the hoop, I did a cadence that was pressing the, pressing the sermon, and I was really done. I pressed and, and used the alliteration words and kept on going mm-hmm. at, 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 at a fast cadence. Mm-hmm. And then I came down and then I used the, the, the as you call it, the musical interlude within yeah. the sermon. Yeah. That, 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 that comes, and sometimes I don't do any of that at all. It just depends on being spirit-led. Mm-hmm. You use the the phrase the whirlwind of the spirit. Yes. That reminds me of the Hebrew word for the the spirit in the Old Testament, That's the right. ruach, which right. is breath. That's it's right. it's all about the wind and the uh, breath. Yeah. And j- just like that same wind when the Holy Ghost came in the in the place when the people were all on in Acts chapter two, they were all in one place mm-hmm. and the Holy Ghost fell. The, the it came as the wind. Yeah. I was taught in seminary to let the spirit lead you. Don't lean on the paper. Now I type, uh, I type a message, uh, but I'm not limited mm-hmm. to my manuscript. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my professors used to say, "Leave some room for God to work." Mm-hmm. And, and and so, regardless of my training from seminary, I recognize that what's important to the community of faith that I preach to every Sunday is that they can connect with me. Mm-hmm. That, and, and I believe in the black tradition, we feel to know, not know to feel. See, know to feel is that I can write everything down on a manuscript and you can use it uh, and read it word for word, but you won't connect to me. You, you, you only know me by what you see on black and white. But when you feel to know, you may not have ever seen me in your life, but yet you can, you can feel through my, my, my words, my connection of trigger words, connections of your own personal experiences that connect in that interwoven sermonic experience or worship experience that you that you engage in, it takes you to a different level. Mm-hmm. Pastor Wilson's description of his preaching style reminded me of musical improvisation. Improvisation is more than just making it up as you go along. The best improvisers have honed their technical skills and immersed themselves in their chosen genres. Improvisation is both an art and a science. Pastor Wilson preaches from a manuscript, but he isn't bound to the words on the page. Like a skilled jazz musician working from a chord chart or even printed music, Pastor Wilson embellishes, expands on, and changes what's on the page. He might even go completely off script, depending on how the Holy Spirit leads him. In Black musical traditions, music learning often happens by ear and by rote, too. In an episode coming soon, I'll tell you about the Mount Gilead Scholastic and Artistic Institute in Coy, Alabama. They have a partnership with Samford University. Both groups, the Mount Gilead students and the Samford students, have benefited from learning and performing music through musical notation and by ear. When Pastor Wilson talks about his preaching, he talks about technique, science, art, and the leadership of the Spirit. And one thing I say is, I love preaching because that's all I've ever done. I, I used to preach in a church where I would be preaching 
and and using the hoop as we call it, and at the end the people are clapping because that's not they 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 did not engage in call response. But the more I preach, there's a Dr. Robert Smith mm-hmm. writes in his book, The Doctrine That Dances. If you want, if, if they don't catch on fire, you catch on fire. Mm-hmm. And if you catch on fire, they'll catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Mother English is nodding. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But the pastor does more than preach. The deep love and reverence Providence Baptist Church members have for their pastor may have as much to do with his other roles as with his preaching. And one thing that I, I love about this church is that we are one big family. And the, and the tradition of the pastor, as you alluded to, that's not just at, at Prue Well, it is in most African-American mm-hmm. churches. Mm-hmm. The, the pastor is not only just the preacher, he's the civil rights leader. Mm-hmm. He's the politician. He advocates uh, for the people. He's involved in every trench of the tradition. Mm-hmm. And so some black churches, you'll find, give the pastor the ability to be that full-time pastor, to be able to meet the needs of the people. Mm-hmm. Providence is that type of church. Mm-hmm. Providence affords the pastor this is the pastor's job, providence. So the, the, the church gives him that opportunity to uh, to be able to, to meet the needs of community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then others have more of a bivocational. Yes, and others kind of are, are more bi- bivocational, uh-huh. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's enough work to be full time. This, this <laughs> yes, Lord, it, yeah. it is enough to be. And, 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 yeah. and I'm thankful. Yeah. Uh, and you don't see many churches like that in the rural. Right. So that, that that shows you that this is a, a diamond. And wherever I go, uh, I'm on the city council in Tuscaloosa. Mm, good. And what and what I let people know is Providence Baptist Church affords me the opportunity to do what I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's part of your calling, oh, yeah. I think. Yes, ma'am. Mother English affirmed this aspect of Pastor Wilson's calling. We want to see him, yeah. you know, in yeah. the church, and then we want to in the community. Yes. He, he even comes from Tuscaloosa here to go to school with our children. Yeah. And, you know, and we're grateful for that. Everything that he does and any way he sees fit to do it, you know, mostly it's all right with us. Mm-hmm. We just, we're, we're grateful for what he does. Yes. Uh-huh. He's, a, he's a great pastor and all-around pastor. You know, you just... He's just not one pastor that just does one thing. Uh, you know, he pastors, you know, when, when I say pastors, he, you know, if any member is sick, when we call him, he's there. Mm-hmm. You know, he, if, the, you know, if someone is, has, you know, died, you said pastor so-and-so, you know, is dead. And, you know, he, in, in a few minutes, he will be, you know, wherever he's needed. So yeah. like I said when I said when we say pastor, we mean an all the all around man that I mean he really pastors <laughs> and we love him for that. Mm. And I, I tell him all the time that I love him. I you know That's right. I, I I can't help but to tell him I love him. I do I, I do love him. Yeah, know? he's yeah. great. Well, he clearly loves you all. That's right. Yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah, he does. He, does. <laughs> right. he tells yeah. us he loves us. And I let the folk know it too, wherever yeah. I go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you're taking care of him. You're, you know, 
encouraging everybody to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. the, you know, you're caring for the community. The, the pastor is the person that advocates for you to. He sometimes he's your he's your advisor whether to buy a house or not. Yeah, he, he's your advisor whether or not to to, to take this surgery. Mm. He's your chaplain. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he walks with you. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the pastor there's a there's a pastoral sermon, and sometimes those sermons are sermons of correction. Mm-hmm. You know, members here I, I've even called and said, take that down on Facebook. I said you better than that. Mm-hmm. I said, because what we're trying to build is a culture and a context of excellence. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter whether you're from Tuscaloosa, Birmingham, you 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 can be right here and be very excellent and a part of excellence. And that's what we that's what that's what we push. That's what we teach. A lot of young preachers all all look for the big church. Make where you are big. Make what make make what you do big. Mm. And guess what? If you stay small long enough. The law will make you big soon enough. You see? And so, and I'm going to tell you this. This church has fed the city on multiple occasions mm-hmm. during this pandemic. I'm sure. No, I mean, listen, literally. We've had, <laughs> we've had, we've had relationships with people that said, Pastor, come get all these boxes. We, we've given boxes. Mm-hmm. And he faded it all. But not only, and then we also gave like produce, real food, meats, vegetables, uh, all of that. We we gave a whole nine, Mm -hmm. and we we've done it on multiple occasions. Providence Baptist Church takes care of the Marian community. Pastor Wilson takes care of the church. The mothers and the deacons care for and guide the young. Everyone is responsible to everyone else. It's right. You respect them because it's right. You honor them because it is right. And then it is wrong. What we can do in and everything around them and expect them to have respect for us. mother lives in another state. During the pandemic, I couldn't see her very often in person, but we talk regularly on the phone, enough so that when it was safe to see each other in person, we felt like it hadn't been that long. I remind her often to take care of herself because we need her. We need her wisdom and her joy. We need her perspective. In our individualistic culture, we sometimes forget how much we need each other. The young need the old, and the old need the young. I live in Birmingham, but I need to know people in Marion. I need to know Pastor Wilson and Mother English, to worship with them, to hear their stories, to follow their example and build loving communities in my own neck of the woods. It's the summer of 2022. Last week, I went back to Perry County I was in both of the public schools, Francis Marion in Marion and Robert C. Hatch in Uniontown. They were having summer school. Once again, I saw the kind of loving, nurturing community that keeps drawing me back there. Teachers who love the children, parents who volunteer, students who show respect for these adults who invest so much in them. 
I went to Providence to see Pastor Wilson and Mother English. Pastor Wilson told me about the nonprofit organization he's developing to work on community health and wellness, financial literacy, and education. He's on the Tuscaloosa City Council and recently had two young men from the church to shadow him and attend all the council meetings for a day. He's raising up community leaders. As I got ready to go, the three of us walked toward Mother English's car. We kept talking, and after a while, Mother English said she would walk me part of the way back to my car. She said when she was growing up, people would say, I'll walk with you a piece away there. So she walked with me a piece. She hugged me. We said I love you at the same time. I'm so glad I've had the chance to walk a piece with Mother English and Pastor Wilson and with Perry County. I'm Beth McGinnis, and this is Here in Alabama.